Tonight I like to speak on uh, dana. This is a dana retreat, and therefore I think uh, quite appropriate to talk about it. I remember once a man came to our place. He used to go to a certain temple. And that particular day, he was supposed to go to the temple. He did not go there. So I asked him, uh, why didn't you go to the temple today? He said, uh, well, I know the sermon already. I hear that sermon every Sunday. That is on dana. He was so tired of listening to dana. He did not want to go there anymore. All religious places, religious activities, many social activities, all depends on dana. As you know, all religious traditions emphasize dana. Some traditions uh, have made dana mandatory. That means you, <laughs> certain percentage of your salary must go to dana. For instance, in Islam religion, you know, you had to pay certain amount uh, on your salary to pay to feed the poor and so forth. In Germany, it is a rule, the law, that every German uh, Christian has to pay certain percentage, I don't know whether it is 10% of something, something around that. This, it is deducted from the salary by the government, just like paying tax. And that goes to the church. And they, that is a kind of dana. But dana is emphasized all other all religions not in a, not in that way. In a, in Buddhist tradition, there are uh, ten meritorious deeds. Number one of them is dana. And there are ten uh, uh, attributes of a king, benevolent king. Number one of them is dana. There are perfections, <clears throat> which we call either ten perfections or six perfections. According to Mahayana tradition, there are six perfections. In Theravada tradition, ten perfections. Number one of them is dana. There are three pillars of Buddhism. Entire Buddhism is uh, built on these three pillars three cornerstones, or three, sort of a, like a tripod. One of them is dana. 
So dana is very important thing. And Buddha said, dana saggasa sopana. Dana is the ladder to go to heaven. In one, one place he said, uh, there are three things one has to do to go to heaven. Anybody can do that. They are satchang bhane nekujjaya dajja pasmim piyajito etehiti tane gacche devana santike. Speak the truth, number one. Nekujjaya, don't get angry. Dajja pasmim piyajito, give whatever you can when asked. So dana is one of those three qualities to go to heaven. Two condi- three, one of the three conditions. Why it is so emphasized? What is the significance of it? In Buddhist tradition, it is very basic, fundamental uh, principle of uh, our liberation from samsara. That is, uh, what is the opposite of dana? Hmm? Greed or stinginess, stinginess. Stinginess is unwilling to share what one has. <coughs> there is a sutra called Mahanidana Sutra. It explains the causal relationship between suffering and stinginess. When we are stingy, we want to, I mean, this is very common thing, this not one, this happens to one single person, one single does not practice this all over the universe, it is very true all over the world. Because of the stinginess, we safeguard, we build fence around it. We want to protect what we have. Uh, the more we pro- try to protect, more insecure we feel. And the more nervous we feel, because when we try to protect, we always think, if something happens, then what? So we have to build up another protection. If that doesn't seem to be very strong, we have to introduce another way of protecting it. So forth and so on, we keep protecting and protecting and protecting. Why? Because we don't want to share it. And um, stinginess, of course, comes 
from greed. Greed to possess, hold on to things. In um, Vipassana meditation we always uh, mention that holding on to things is going to be very painful, very painful. And uh, letting go of things is very relieving, relaxing, comfortable. And fundamentally for this reason, for our own peace of mind, the generosity is emphasized in Buddhism. You know the word Nibbāna? Nibbāna, Ni means absence, Vāna means craving. Absence of craving is called Nibbāna. Sometimes people wonder, if Dāna is so important, why it is not mentioned in the Noble Eightfold Path? I have um, come across somebody, uh, even a great uh, scholar, has written an article on dana, and that person has mentioned uh, dana is not mentioned in the in one of the thirty-seven factors of enlightenment. There are thirty-seven factors <laughs> to, to practice to attain enlightenment. And dana is not mentioned. The writer asked why. There was no answer, but uh, uh, the question mark seems to be there. In fact, if we very mindfully, carefully investigate into uh, not only 37 factors, at least uh, eight factors, the Noble Eightfold Path, you can see dāna very clearly mentioned there in different words, of course. Dāna can be uh, mentioned in different words because there are so many synonyms. And the word used in the Noble Eightfold Path is samma-sankapa, right thought, right thought. What is right thought? How many of you know what right thought is? Yeah, don't hesitate if you know. Yeah, yeah, if you are not sure, don't worry. Uh, probably, yes? I think two of them right. Two of them, right? You, you get uh, seventy-five percent <laughs> marks. <laughs> uh, right thought is the thought of uh, letting go of things. That is called nekkama sankapa. Letting go of things, renouncing. Nekkama sankapa. Second is avyapada sankapa, non-hatred. Freedom from hatred. Third is avihimsa sankapa, thought of non-harming, compassion. 
So the thought of generosity, thought of loving kindness, and thought of compassion make right thought. So that is a very important factor. Second step, the first step is right understanding. Second step is right thought. In the right thought, number one is generosity. Nekkamma Sankappa. The thought of letting go of things. Now, thought of, as I mentioned last night, thought of letting go of things does not really mean only letting go of material things. Of course, that is an expression of generosity. Through material things, we express our thought of generosity. But in real, deep, fundamental, basic sense, generosity is the thought it is the thought. Sometimes we can, therefore, when we practice generosity, there are cert- certain conditions to make generosity real generosity. <coughs> conditions. They are chitta, vattu, and ketta. Chitta means the state of mind. Vattu means the material, Ketta means the recipients. When we give things away, uh, we have to have a very clear state of mind before we're giving something away, while we give something away, and after we have given it. That means, before we give something away, something, uh, we have to have a very clear, clean state of mind. Why I want to give? Why? To have my name on uh, on number plate somewhere, some, what you call, not number plate, uh, in the placards, um, some uh, uh, on the board, name board somewhere, or to get, become very famous, or to win friends, or to receive some favor, uh, or just because uh, people, everybody gives, so I also want to give something. Or because of that? No. We have to keep in our mind when we give something, we give away to cleanse my mind of attachment, clinging, craving, holding on to my things, to minimize my greed, reduce my greed. You know when we, if you if you if you clench your fist very hard, you feel pain. Harder you press, more painful. If you have fingernails, you may even <laughs> hurt your palm if you press too hard. But if you open it and really 
your fingers and let it go of this tightness, then you feel comfortable. Similarly, harder we hold on to things, the deeper we grip into something, more painful it is. As we let go of that grip, we experience relief of tension. And that is exactly what happens when one attains enlightenment. <clears throat> you know, attainment of enlightenment is called, uh, uh, another word is Ohitabhara, one who uh, attains enlightenment is called Ohitabharo. Bharo means barrow, weight. Ohitabhara means laid down the weight, the heavy burden that we carry in our heart and mind. We carry very heavy burden. Very heavy. That burden keeps us down, you know, pushed to the ground, cannot move easily because the weight is so heavy. When we relieve, let go of this weight, we feel very light. So the one who attained enlightenment, the very word enlightenment means lightening your heart and mind. Not only lighting it, brightening it, but also making it very light, relief. That is what we want to achieve. Therefore, keeping that goal in mind, we practice generosity, no any other reason. Just to relieve our own mind of grip. So before we give away something, we have to keep this in mind. I give something only to relieve this greed from my mind, reduce my greed. While we give away things, at that very instant, we also should have the same attitude, same thought in mind, same intention, right intention. We call sometimes right thought or right intention. We have to keep in mind. No matter what the recipient is, who the recipient is, you know, uh, when we give something away with reluctance, of course, as a result of giving, even with some reluctance, we might gain some result, benefit, good merits. But it is not as great as that of uh, marriage we gain by giving, by having uh, good pure thought while giving. After giving also we should not regret. We should not say, ah, I should have thrown a party with that donation so that I can enjoy with my friends. I simply wasted, this fellow is no good, no good for nothing person. I gave things. 
and uh, he might abuse it, use for something bad. You know, this is another uh, reason why many people find not to give. They think um, it happens, of course, somebody, uh, I give a couple of dollars to somebody. Then uh, next moment you see the person is in a pub, in a, in a, what you call, liquor shop, or in a drugstore, you know, non-regular drugstore, you know, <laughs> what you call, drugs dealing place, illicit drug dealing place. Or <laughs> that person may be gambling. So you will be utterly disappointed because this man or woman using my money for so for wrong things. So you will be disappointed. You should never be disappointed. When you disappoint when you are disappointed after giving as a result of giving, you will receive something. Because of your disappointment after giving, you will not be able to enjoy the result. You cannot enjoy the results of giving. I tell you a very simple story of a very poor man. Uh, during the World War II, In Sri Lanka, it was very difficult to find basic ingredients to prepare one simple dish to get, um, you know, uh, uh, what you call spices and uh, uh, rice and, you know, basic things like dal and so forth. These are the things that people use. And this man could not find them. All have been rationed. So he spent months and months and months to collect little bit, save little bit here and there, and go to various places to collect those things. He spent about ten months to collect. He wanted to give dana to ten monks. You know, giving dana to ten monks, I mean, to prepare a meal for ten monks is not very difficult in other times, but di during that time it was so difficult. So he spent so long time to collect all these necessary basic things. And then he could not find a monk, because all the monks have left Colombia, he was in Colombia area, the capital, had left, have, uh, have left Colombo, gone to rural areas. Because um, one time a Japanese came and dropped a bomb. After that, everybody was scared, ran away. But this man still wanted to find some ten monks. So one day, uh, he was with utter desperation, waiting in a bus stop. Then he saw a monk. Coming, going, going to the bus to catch a bus. He ran after him, and um, he asked him to stop. 
The monk said, No, I have no time to stop, I have to catch the bus. But he gave a chase and said, Bhante, please, no, please, I don't have anything to give you, I want to go catch the bus. The monk thought this man was going to ask him for something. He said, I have nothing to give you, I, I must catch the bus. He said, please, please wait, I don't want anything from you, but you can help me. I have no time to help, I'm trying, running for my life. So still this man chased after him and caught him and said, Bhante, I want to give you something. He said, I don't need anything, I want to save my life. I know, no, please, listen. I want to find ten monks to give dana. Can you please? Then he said, Mr. Are you crazy? I am the only one that I know in, here, here in this area. Now I'm going, I myself am running away. How can I find? No, please, I have money. I can hire a taxi and drive you wherever you want to go to find ten monks, including yourself. Find nine more monks. This monk said, Mr. It is very difficult, you know. It, it, he said, Bhante, it may be difficult, but not impossible. Let us try. So he hired a taxi and went from temple to temple for many, many, many temples. And he found ten monks. He wanted to give this dana only to monks. And when he found ten monks, he gave dana. And uh, I met this man in 1991 in the United States. This dana he gave in 1943, 43 almost 38 years later. Huh? I met this man. No, more than 38. 48. Huh? 30, 43. Huh? 53, 63, 73, 83. Huh? 40. Forty-eight. Forty-eight years later I met this man. And still he, when he talks about this dana, still he cries with joy, with happiness. Tears roll down from his eyes when he talks about this dana. Because he was so happy, he never regretted. This I saw with my own eyes and listened to his story, sitting with him for, you know, quite some times. So, if he regretted, he would have never enjoyed his gift, the results of giving. He was very pleased. He never saw these monks anymore. After giving down, he never knew where, where these monks were. You see? But the act of giving for him at that time, very difficult time, 
was a wonderful feeling. I mean, got, got, he got a wonderful feeling from that giving. So, and before we give something, while we are giving something, after we have given something, we must have the same pure, clear state of mind. Never regret. You know, it is said when if you believe in karma, dana is a wonderful karma, very great meritorious deed, one of the ten wholesome karmas. It is said that if you give something uh, with uh, generous thought, but after that, if you regret, in next life or life after, whenever you are born again as a human being, you may become rich, you may have a lot of wealth, but because you have regretted after giving, you would not be able to enjoy your wealth. <laughs> you cannot eat, you have stomach ulcer, <laughs> I mean, no food is tasty, um, wealth is there, but you cannot enjoy. That is said in text, you know, if you regret after giving, as a result of giving you may get, but you cannot enjoy your wealth. Therefore never regret. When you give something to someone, never regret. Next, next important thing is the, the recipient. Next important thing is the gift, the gift that you give away. The gift that is given away should be rightly earned things. If you spend money, that money should have earned rightly, honestly, sincerely, and that is yours. Uh, so you uh, have no obligation to anybody. It is yours, you give away. In fact, that is one of the benefits of having wealth. <clears throat> that is called one of the happinesses. When you have wealth, there is a happiness called Atti Sukha. When you have wealth, you feel, I have so many things. You feel secure. Then, Anana Sukha. Ananasukha means you don't owe anything to anybody. You are not indebted. Everything is paid up. It is difficult to find, I mean, for, for many people everything is not paid up. <laughs> they still owe something to credit card companies, <laughs> mortgage and so forth. But even if somebody's, <laughs> everything is paid up the person feels a great relief. That is called ananasukha, happiness, of uh, unindebtedness. Then, uh, atisukha, anavajjasukha, anavajjasukha means happiness of having things earned rightly. You earned it in your, with the sweat of your brow, so to say. Then, bhoga-sukha is 
happiness of using and sharing. When you have something, you share it and you use it as much as you want. You use it for your own consumption, your family, your friends, you share with your friends, relatives, neighbors, countries, religious persons, organizations, whatever. You share with them. That is a happiness. So, uh, when you try to share your things with someone or somebody, don't think of the qualities and attributes of the recipients. You know, Bodhisattva, when Buddha, before he attained enlightenment, he is called Bodhisattva. As Bodhisattva, he practiced dana. It is called dana parami, the perfections of dana. When he practiced the perfections of dana, he was always in a superior position. Nobody else was as generous as he was. Nobody else in his area and place and time was uh, so pure in morality as he was, so compassionate as he was, so full of loving-kindness as he was. Nobody. So whenever he gave away something, he gave to somebody who was inferior in morality, Concentration, wisdom, generosity, understanding, compassion, loving-kindness and so forth. Everybody else was inferior to him. He was in a superior position. If we were to find a perfect one to give his gifts, he would have never found. And therefore when you give away something to someone, don't look for perfect ones. However, if the uh, recipient happens to be a noble one, perfect, I mean, holy, pure, clean-hearted person, then without your knowledge, automatically your gift would be more appreciated and more beneficial. The, the point of merit you gain would be greater without your knowledge. But you do not seek for such a person. If you, saw, if you sought such a person and never found, you would be disappointed. And you don't want to give something to anybody who is inferior in morality and so forth to you. I think that is why um, uh, it is uh, important uh, not to know anybody's uh, personality, personal life, when we give things away. You know, there are a kind of dana which is called uh, individual dana and communal dana which is called in Pali Puggaladana and Sangadana. Puggaladana and Sangadana. Puggaladana means giving to individuals. 
Sangadana means giving to the whole community. When you give uh, something to an individual, no matter how great the individual is, that is an individual. And the merits you gain could be conditional merits by giving to an individual. Why? When you give to an individual, you, I mean, automatically, without your intention, you may think, you may feel, whom am I giving this to? Is my friend or relative? If I give this to this individual, what do I get in return? Something. If I don't gain anything in return, why should I give this to the so-and-so? You know, that's, that kind of questions can arise in the mind when you give to an individual. And individuals may have many personal problems, defects, and therefore that might mar the merit. You know, one time Buddha's uh, stepmother, stepmother is called Mahaprajapati Gotami, I'm sure you all know the Buddha's life. When Siddhartha, little baby, was born, seven days after his birth, his mother passed away. And the stepmother also, that means King Suddhodana's second wife, also had given birth to a son the same day that Siddhartha was born. And she placed her own child under the care of another lady in the palace, and took care of her sister's son, that is Siddhartha, Mahamaya's son. When uh, Siddhartha grew up and became Buddha, Prajapati Gautami was thrilled. He, she thought, I mean, she brought him up like her own son, and uh, to see him attaining enlightenment, becoming supremely enlightened Buddha, respected by millions of people all over the all over at least India. She was very, very pleased, very happy. So one day she thought, I must give a gift to my son, the Buddha. So she planted cotton plants and waited for several years to uh, get cotton from those cotton plants and uh, made cotton thread and uh, she made a cloth out of those thread and cut and stitched into a rope, made, made into a rope. All the time, from the time she planted cotton seed in the ground, she was thinking of her son, this wonderful son. And every day she was full of joy and happiness in making this cloth from the very moment she thought of it. Thinking, 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 and, make, and made the robe finally. And with utmost joy and happiness she brought it to the Buddha and said, Lord, I, I made the robe for you only for you. Please receive it. 
mother gave it to the Sangha. She said, oh, why did you do this to me? I made it for you. Don't you like my robe? But they said, no, 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 mother, that is not the question. You give it to the Sangha. Second, third time she begged him, cried, asking him to receive it. Then finally Buddha said, Mother, if I receive it, I am still an individual. Although I am a supremely enlightened Buddha, still I am an individual. If you give it to the Sangha, that is the community. When you made the robe for me, all the time you had me in your mind. The son. You thought I am making a robe for my son. There is an attachment, clinging for the son. But if you give it to the whole community, you don't have any particular individual in your mind. You give it sort of anonymously. Recipients are anonymous. You don't know who will receive the robe. When you give something to the community, you don't know who receives it. Not knowing who receives the robe, receives your gift, is more meritorious for you than knowing who receives it. So finally, Buddha said, Mother, in order to make your merits greater, I request you to give it to the community. And she even finally gave it to the community. So, uh, giving things to a community is more meritorious than giving to, into a, uh, to an individual. Dana can be practiced in many different levels. Uh, material gifts can be given in many different levels. Uh, when we practice them as a perfection or parami, there are three levels. One is called parami, the other is called upaparami, the third is called paramatta parami. Parami, parami actually means uh, perfection. So upa and paramatta means uh, perfection, higher perfection and highest perfection. <coughs> perfection in the very beginning ordinary level uh, is uh, practicing by giving anything external material, anything material. That is perfection. But higher perfection is giving away physical parts. Suppose somebody, we have two kidneys, somebody is going to die without any kidney. 
if somebody volunteers to give one of the two kidneys to save the life of that person who is going to die without any kidney, that practice is called higher perfection. Higher da- perfection of dana, giving. Uh, something like that, in order to save somebody's life, if we can share a part of our life, that is called higher perfection. Highest perfection is in order to somebody, save somebody's life, if we sacrifice our life, that is the highest perfection. That doesn't mean that we simply kill ourselves to save somebody's life, you know, without any sense. There is a very beautiful Jataka story. And to illustrate this point, this Jataka story is uh, mentioned. That is called Vyagri Jataka, or Vyagga Jataka. Vyagri in Sanskrit, Vyagri in Pali, Vyagri means uh, uh, tiger. Tiger. There was a, I think this story is very famous among children, one of the children's stories. But uh, uh, good for the adults also to understand the meaning of uh, paramat perfection, highest perfection. Uh, One time, uh, in one of his lives, Bodhisattva became a tigress. No, no, Bo, not Bodhisattva was not a tigress. There was a tigress. One time Bodhisattva was practicing <coughs> perfection of dana. And he saw a tigress, very hungry. For several days she could not find food. And she has several cubs. So finally, since she could not survive without any food, she was going to eat her own cubs, several of them. And Bodhisattva saw that. He saw the tigress with the, with the cubs in a cave. And Bodhisattva was sitting on the, at the mouth of the cave and saw this tigress uh, going to eat uh, her own cubs. Then he thought, this is the best time for me to sacrifice my own life to save these little cubs. So he immediately jumped into the cave. You know what happened? This was just an illusion. This is he said that this was a creation of Sakra, king of deities, to test the perfection of generosity of Bodhisattva. As soon as he jumped into the cave, the tigress disappeared. And uh, Bodhisattva found himself quite alive. Nothing happened to him. But the thought at that moment occurred in his mind was a wonderful thought. I tell you another story that I saw in uh, Washington. In 1993, January uh, 13th, 
It is very interesting. On January 13, Friday, very inauspicious number. 13th Friday of January 1983, uh, Florida Airline crashed, one, one a plane of Florida Airline plane crashed on the 14th Street in Washington, D.C. When it was taking off, it was a heavy winter, snowy day, and they could not de-ice the plane. They de-iced, but when they were waiting in the line to take off, ice formed again on the wings. And when it was taking off, it crashed on the 14th Street Bridge. And even the river was frozen, Potomac River was frozen. And uh, immediately helicopters and this and that came. And uh, of course, TV crew was right there. They began to take pictures. So they telecast uh, to the whole nation maybe that day. And we saw on television. A helicopter came and dropped a rope for people to catch and to pull out of water to rescue. And there was one sp sp uh, small place where water, where ice was broken and people were falling into water. And uh, there was a man and next to him uh, was a woman. The rope came right into his hand. <clears throat> he did not grab it. He gave it to the woman next to him. And the helicopter man pulled her out of water and rescued and then immediately he put the rope back again to him. He was the only one there, near the, um, at, the, uh, at, the at that place. And second time, when the rope came, he found another woman. And he gave that ro rope to that woman. And the re helicopter rescued that woman. <coughs> Third time helicopter came and dropped the rope and this man was drowned. He saved two lives <coughs> by sacrificing his life. I think he is a bodhisattva, born in America. <coughs> Practicing dhanaparami, perfection. And that story struck me very deeply. I always remember this man's generosity. And that is called highest perfection. When we practice generosity, when we see a situation, <coughs> if we can sacrifice our life without any ulterior motive, that is the highest perfection of dana. Now, among dhanas, there are various types of categories of dhanas. Uh, Amisadana. Amisadana means uh, giving material food and clothes and medicine and shelter and so forth. Second is called uh, Patipatti dana. 
Patipatidana means uh, you, we practice certain principles even at the risk of our comfort. The principle we practice and we give up our comfort for the sake of these noble principles. We don't care what other people say, what other people do, what other people think. As long as the principle is noble, we practice it. That is called Patipatti Dana. Principle of noble principle. Practicing noble principles. <clears throat> you know, at, at a time when um, this country was going through turmoil with racism, I know a friend of mine went to um, uh, Georgia and he sat in a restaurant where uh, he, he went with a black man to a restaurant and that happened to be a white restaurant and restaurant um, waiter or somebody came and poured hot coffee on him on this white man who went and went with the black man to sit in the restaurant. Hot coffee. <laughs> you know? But this man never gave up. He fought for the cause of racism, against racism. And there have been many such people who fought who stood for noble principles. <clears throat> During the world, world War II, when many millions of Jews were massacred, killed, tortured, there also were many wonderful Germans who rescued, saved some Jews. Because those are the people under very dire circumstances, very difficult situations, stood up for their principles. They risked their life. When they rescued those Jews, they risked their life. But they never gave up their principles. They loved human life, he respected human life, and therefore they were ready even to sacrifice their lives. So that kind of practice is called generosity of principles, or practicing principles for the sake of generosity. Then the, the last is very, very beautiful dana. That's called Dhamma dana. Dhamma dana, there is a saying in Dhammapada, Sabbadanang Dhammadanang Jinati. <clears throat> the gift of Dhamma excels all other gifts. In Sanyutta Nikaya there is a, a stanza uh, which goes like this. Sabbang dado cha sohoti yo vedeti upasavang amatang dado cha sohoti yo dhamma manusasati That means one who builds 
a religious place, a temple, monastery, meditation centre, shrine, would give everything. Why? A religious place, temple, shrine, stands for peace, for people to assemble, learn Dhamma, discuss Dhamma, meditate, spend some time peacefully, <coughs> not quarrelling, not fighting, to relieve their tension, experience some joy and happiness. Temple is for that. And therefore, when somebody builds a temple, a shrine, religious place, that person gives everything. But he said, Amatang dadocha soho tiyo dhamma manusasati. One who shares dhamma with others shares immortality. Shares immortality. Giving dhamma, sharing dhamma knowledge, teaching dhamma is like sharing immortality. Why? Because it is the dhamma. <coughs> that makes our life straight, put in the right path, relieve us from suffering, liberate us from pain, bring us to the attainment of enlightenment, Dhamma. We can share Dhamma, sometimes uh, some people say, well, I don't know Dhamma to teach. You don't have to stand in a pulpit to give Dhamma, share Dhamma. You can have one single individual and express, explain, discuss, discuss your whatever you know about Dhamma. You discuss without any ulterior motive. You know <clears throat> there are many ways of sharing Dhamma. One can print Dhamma books, one can give lectures, one can discuss. One can explain various points of Dhamma to many, any, anybody they come across. And uh, they contribute financially to print Dhamma. I know there is an organization in Taiwan, all they do is they print Dhamma books. Any Dhamma books you send to them, they print it for free distribution. Very big take books they publish for free distribution. Because they understand the value of Dhamma, sharing the knowledge of Dhamma. <coughs> in recent years in, in religious history in the, in the world, I have seen the benefit of sharing Dhamma. You know, in the past, uh, uh, Dhamma was not... Uh, shared quite well, and therefore people's understanding, people's outlook, their horizon of knowledge, understanding is very narrow. And therefore there have been a lot of religious tension. Now, as people learn more and more Dhamma, that tension is slowly is release, releasing, relieving. And people begin to understand each other, try to live uh, 
as decent human beings <coughs> because of uh, removing their misunderstanding. So therefore, above all other gifts, gift of Dhamma is considered to be the highest gift, highest dana. Now, although I said that when we were, you give away something, don't expect anything in return, still you, as the human beings, we expect certain things. And there are certain things that we should expect. And those things that we should expect are wonderful things, noble things. What are they? When you give away something, for, for instance, to a religious person or religious organization, religious group or Sangha, you expect the Sangha to live a Sangha life. You expect the Sangha to live a moral life, decent life. That is for the benefit of the Sangha. You don't gain anything personally, but your expectation of that, that the monks, nuns, the community of Sangha live a very neat life, decent life, holy life, pure life, moral life, that expectation is a wonderful expectation. When you give away things to an individual who is a meditator, practicing Dhamma, meditating, you expect this person to attain enlightenment. That's a wonderful expectation. Nothing wrong in that. Always expect, hope. I hope my gift would help him or her to attain enlightenment. A wonderful thought. Or when you give away something to somebody, you hope and wish, may this gift help this person to relieve his or her own pain, suffering. May this person be happy, joyful and peaceful because of this little gift I give. These are wonderful hopes. With these hopes and expectations, we can give. And friends, <coughs> uh, that's all I can give this evening. <laughs> In this short Dhamma talk.